It's a beautiful day in paradise. I have my friend Joseph from Joseph's Cookies, Joseph's Light Cookies, which, by the way, are available at every Dollar Tree and Dollar Store throughout the world. Absolutely. Now, you have a very special guest on the line for us today, Joseph Sempervivo. Yes, I have uh, Rick Tyler, because we're all watching politics and we're extremely interested. I have Rick Tyler, Tyler, the communications director for the Ted Cruz campaign. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Rhett, Joseph, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for asking. How are you feeling? Optimistic? I'm, we're optimistic, enthusiasm. We're working hard. We've always been working from an underdog position. We feel like we continue to do that. It keeps us working uh, and motivated uh, night and day. You know, that's fantastic. I, I, You know, I'm a business owner, Rick, and uh, I follow politics um, really intensely because I'm a manufacturer. And I realize as a manufacturer who becomes our president is really critical if we want to bring jobs back to the United States and boost manufacturing. And so that's why I fell in love with hearing about um, Senator Cruz's movement, his tax plan, everything else. Um, what, do you, what are you thinking when you're seeing these polls? I know FAU just came out with a poll, Florida Atlantic University, uh, yesterday with Ted Cruz spiking. What are you seeing in national polls? Well, we, we, what's happening with Ted Cruz is slowly and steadily we've been we've been uh, rising in the polls because we've executed a plan that consolidates the broad spectrum conservatives together. That would be the the Liberty voters, the Evangelical voters, and the Tea Party voters. If they would unite all behind one candidate, then we could beat the squishy establishment candidate. And so this race really now has come down to two people: uh, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. And conservatives have really rallied behind Ted Cruz and. And so we're seeing that in the polls. And what's really su- surprising is two things. One, one you mentioned is, is how well we're actually doing in Florida, which we wouldn't have expected that months, months ago or even weeks ago. And two, that we're now in second place in, in New Hampshire. And Absolutely. I'm actually from and grew up in New Hampshire, and I, I would not have thought that Ted Cruz would be second uh, in New Hampshire. But we are, and so um, I'm very encouraged. Oh, you know, absolutely. I've been. I, I started doing research on taxes because I realized, look, as a business owner and all the other business owners in the United States, um, taxes affect their businesses. And being an economic development commissioner currently in the state of New Mexico, um, we look at taxes and how that affects businesses. And I got to tell you, I got really upset watching the, the uh, Republican debate when uh, falsities were thrown at from Rubio to Ted Cruz, uh, just completely fabricating Ted Cruz's uh, tax proposal, right? I mean, it's uh, it was it was called a VAT, which was completely incorrect. I mean, it's a flat tax, and how that affects businesses? It's a it's a ten percent it's a ten percent personal income tax. It takes seven Cruz's plan takes seven brackets down to one, and then it's a sixteen percent. Corporate tax, business tax. Am I understanding that correctly? You've got that right. But let me um, let me pay a little homage to business owners. My dad was a small business owner. That's how I grew up. He was he worked very very hard, and you know you had to compete every day. And and small business owners are the heroes of this country, and they don't get treated like heroes. They they get treated like you know uh, they're some sort of pariahs in many cases, and and. A lot of the words that get thrown around about small business owners are selfishness and greed, and, and I always wondered about that because, you know, my dad got up every day thinking about the, the needs, wants, and desires of his customers, and so he couldn't be selfish and be successful as an entrepreneur. He had to think about 
other people and what they wanted because all all business is a is a is a transactional blessing, right? I I, I want to part with my dollar more than more than more. Uh, then I want I want a good or service that you're offering more than I want the dollar in my pocket, and it's voluntary, and and so business people have to think every day how do I get people to voluntarily want to part with their money to buy my service or product, and the other part is greed. Well, greed has nothing to do with the entrepreneur. Greed is hoarding assets to oneself, and as you know, no business owner could be successful hoarding assets to themselves. They have to cast their money out on the waters and hope for a return, and they put everything on the line, but <clears throat> doing that has created the most wealthy, prosperous society in all of, of human history. But So let me get to the, to, to the tax plan. The, the Ted Cruz tax plan is one flat rate. Everybody pays the same thing, 10%. So you can literally fill out your, your taxes on a postcard. There are no special loopholes. You do get some deductions you know, for, for family, home, mortgage, and charity, and that's it. And then it's, but beyond that, it's 10%. Everybody pays the same rate. And the business tax, it's a, it's a tax between the business transactions. So Rubio tried to describe it as European-style VAT tax. It is not that. When what the European-style VAT tax is, is after all the business uh, costs are done and it goes, that go into a product, then you, it has a cost, and that is the price tag that's put on that cost or service when, at, at the marketplace or the place or the point of sale, and the customer says, oh, that's how much it is. And then what the government does is they tack on more money, you know, ta- a tax that's directly on that. That's not how the way... Senator Cruz's tax works. It's a tax. It's a business, 16% flat tax, business-to-business tax, and it's built in. So it maintains all the competitive market forces that you would have in normal business transactions. That is, if a, if a business wants to get more customers, they have to really do two things, provide a better service at greater convenience or provide a better service or provide a service at a lower cost. So people can market their products and, and services all kinds of ways, but there's always a competitor. And what the business flat tax does is it gets rid of all of the loopholes that Washington and K Street, that's where all the lobbyists live and work in Washington, it takes away all of those uh, special carve-outs, and everybody competes in the same playing field. So the small entrepreneur can get a foothold in the marketplace and compete against the big guy. The way it works now, you know, with Sarbanes-Oxley and all these other impediments to getting into the marketplace. They've made it so expensive and so hard to get in the marketplace, and they've done that on purpose because what big companies have figured out is it's easier to pay lobbyists to prevent small guys from getting a foothold uh, than it is to actually compete with better goods and services. And so the flat tax is good for innovation. It's good for small business owners, and it makes their compliance costs for, uh, very relatively cheap because you only have to pay 16% on business-to-business transactions, and everything else is gone. Right. Including the payroll tax. Well, I'll tell you in the, in the real world how how Ted Cruz's uh, tax plan works. It frees up cash for me as a, as a manufacturer and allows me to share that tax decrease with my customers. Because I sell cookies at a dollar a bag retail all across the country and all across the world. And I'm able to get that savings in taxes because of I will be able to under Ted Cruz's tax plan and share that with the customers. And, you know, I look at, you know, the big attack from from the left is or the or the moderates in the, the in the current race is going to be oh what about the what about the poor and and how does Ted Cruz's tax plan work with the poor uh, and it tells you how conscientious uh, Senator Cruz is with the thirty six thousand dollar limit can you kind of explain that with the family of four well, 36, at thirty six thousand dollars you would pay zero tax 
And the what it also does, it rewards savers, right? So um, there's no incentive in the current system to save money. But when people save money, they can save money for whatever they want. They can save money for you know, going on a nice vacation, buy a new car, um, or buy a used car, or put their kid through college, or down payment on a house. But, but, the, but the one thing that really helps the economy is when somebody saves to start a small business. And if they can save their money by not consuming you know, just a lot of products and things that they, they, they may not need, and they make a conscious decision, I'm going to save money, this system rewards that. And when they save enough money, they can start a small business. And then they can get a foothold in the marketplace. And small business, as you know, is the largest job creator. Government doesn't create jobs. It, it, it cannot. All it can do is take money from one place and, and put it in another place or take money from one person and give it to another person. That's all, that's all government can do. They, they, they cannot create wealth, and that just needs to be lost on the left and some Republicans is this idea of what, what wealth creation is. And wealth creation is just simply taking something and making it into something more valuable. And the greatest example of that is, is you, you can take sand and you can make it into silicon, and silicon is what is the main, major component of, of chips that go into your computer. And so, so sand has turned into iPhones and computers and, and uh, has created millions and billions of dollars worth of commerce out of something that was effectively worthless and because somebody had a great idea. Right. And, you know, I think you bring up a great point because when you're converting things like sand into silicone, you're ultimately creating jobs. Under under Cruz's tax plan, I know the number crunchers are there. I, you know, I look at all the numbers. How many jobs is this going to create? Well, the Tax Association, which is a nonpartisan group that, that scores everybody's tax plan, says it will create 5 million jobs. Um, it also has a the dynamic scoring is uh, very, very good in terms of, um, you know, adding to the debt. Others like Donald Trump just exploded debt. Um, but what Mark, Art Laff, Laffer, who invented the Laffer curve, and economists will know what that is, yeah. and Stephen Moore, who is the chief economist at the Heritage Foundation, he's also he's also a writer. He writes for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, both of them love this plan and have have endorsed this this plan of of a. Uh, business flat tax and a, and a flat rate because they understand how it's going to um, grow and expand the economy. Larry Kudlow has said great things about the plan. They're, they're very excited about this plan because this plan takes power away from Washington. It, it, it eliminates the K Street's leverage. K Street only has leverage lobbyists, only have leverage when they can put into the tax code. That's the beast that, can, that keeps Washington in power. And as long as K Street has the power to influence legislation through the tax code. That's where it all is. That's where all the power comes from. Uh, then we will be a slave to the cartel of Washington politicians' special interests. And the reason they hate Ted Cruz and they hate his flat tax plans because if, if we have a flat tax plan, we can virtually eliminate the IRS and they would all be out of a job. Right. Well, you know, I think that's this, this shows that uh, Senator Cruz is anti-establishment. I mean, th- th- it's so clear because when you look at making something simple on a postcard, reducing the rates from seven different rates down to one, creating 4,861,000 jobs, um, you know, I, I, eliminating income tax on 
individuals earning 36000 which to me is a pro-seniors, uh, pro-struggling, uh, pro-middle class tax plan. And then you take it to the next level. Let's look at the farmers. Let's look at the corn farmers in Iowa. Let's look at the, the uh, small business owners in New Hampshire, the citrus growers and sugarcane growers okay. in Florida. What about Let, them? Let's look at all of them. And there's no death There's no death tax. They can turn these businesses That's over to the their family. That's the way it should be. It's terrifying that these are taken from the family lineage. They have rightfully earned it. They are heirs. Yes. Right. One thing I'd like to ask you, um, this Just, is Rhett, I'd like to ask you about, uh, I'm, I'm really admire Ted for this. He has, uh, you know, they say when you're throwing mud, you're losing ground. And he has really uh, stood stood as a, a strong man and taken uh, this abrasive language and, and castigations from Trump. Uh, and I think it's it's really uh, I think people are really admiring Ted more than ever. Would you agree with that? Well, you know, it's very interesting that you mention that because um, I I get told that routinely by reporters that and and what Donald Trump is saying is that Ted is nasty and he doesn't get along with people. Well, of course he doesn't get along with Washington. He wants to. He wants to rip it up by the roots, and they're not happy about that at all. Mm. Donald Trump would get along fine with Washington because he is essentially a deal maker. He says to himself that he would he would get deals and he would compromise. And you know, and then people say, "Well, you got to get along with Congress." And no, you don't. You got to get along with the American people because when the American people have a have a president who has a vision and and describes where they want to go, that's how re- that's how reform and change happens. You see, yeah, yeah. It, it's. As soon as the people say, "Look, you do you do what, what this president wants and is articulating," or, we, we're happy to send someone who will. And the way it works now is that the politicians do a K Street, and the, and the lobbyists want because they're footing the bill. But when you turn power back to the people, and this is what Margaret, Margaret Thatcher said years ago: she "said you win the argument, then you win the vote." And the leadership in the Congress is so unbelievably feckless. They'll say things like, "Oh, we can't pass that because we don't have the votes." Well, of course you don't have the votes because you haven't made the argument with the American people. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to my old boss, Newt Gingrich. He had welfare reform. No, Democrats didn't want welfare reform. Bill Clinton didn't want welfare reform. The whole country, he could have easily said, look, we can't have welfare reform because I don't have the votes. And what he did was he had a plan, and he strategically went out and communicated that plan to the American people. Yes. And in the end, the American people told the Democrats, look, this is really simple. You either do welfare reform or we'll send someone who does. And the Democrats got the message really quick. And in fact, half the Democrats, 101, voted for welfare reform, and the other half, 101, voted against welfare reform. And Bill Clinton says, we're going to change government as we know. I mean, he won the argument because he won it with the American people. And this Uh, this Congress is unbelievable. They won't even make the argument with the people. They just give up. That's right. The world steps aside for the person who knows where he or she is going. Yeah, that's right. And And you're referring, Rick, to the welfare to work program, right? Well, there was a whole series of welfare reforms because what the American people figured out was welfare wasn't, wasn't helping people. It was actually hurting them. It was keeping them trapped, trapped in public housing with no hope. And the Democrats' message was essentially, you know, here's a check, shut up, stay in public housing, don't work, don't get a job, don't marry, don't get married, and we'll just keep the check coming. And as long as you have the check and the food stamps and everything else, then just vote Democrat and you'll be all right. Well, that's, that's sort of a hopeless future and the American people knew that that was, that was wrong because it entrapped people and and and, and got them stuck in in a in a future with, that really virtually had no hope. And what Gingrich came along and articulated: No, what we can do is expand the economy, give people opportunity, give people uh, a chance to to earn their own way, and that that speaks to the self worth and and. and the nature of human dignity, which is people want to work and provide for themselves and provide for their families. And so the American people 
understood that argument. It's ingrained in our in our American psyche that you work hard, play by the rules, and you can raise a family. Now, the, the tragedy is there are there actually are people who need help, and and when when there are people who are working or are capable of working, they don't have a job, don't have a job, or won't get a job because the system is disincentivizes it then they're truly needed people. They can't help themselves. They can't go and fill out the forms and get through the bureaucracy. So, you know, that's, that's the problem. The tragedy is the people who really need the help can't advocate for themselves, and the people who can, you know, game the system. And that's just wrong. It, it, uh, now, uh, Joseph, you got something you're biting at the bit about? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a uh, – I was talking to Senator Cruz at the uh, Sunshine Summit, and I told him my experience with the welfare to work. You, it, My factory is in Deming, New Mexico, and we make uh, sugar-free cookies, and – when welfare, right prior to welfare to work being implemented, we couldn't find people to save our life to work in our factory. Keeping in mind, we get we provide health insurance, four hundred one k profit sharing plan, except paid vacation, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. And uh, when welfare to work was implemented, over that five, I think it was like a five year phase in period, uh, we started getting lines around the building applying for jobs, and people were actually excited uh, because they were going to be because of the cliff effect, they were going to be making actually more at our factory with all the benefits they were than they were with um with with entitlements and they felt empowered again and then obama reversed that and and took that away from from the people and ted cruz is supporting uh, a welfare to work program correct that's right you, you i mean you've got to be able to provide the right incentive look american people are very generous people the most generous people in the world and they don't mind giving people you know a hand up and, and helping out, but what they what they want you to eventually do is you know get on the other side of the ledger, right? That is is you know be productive and, and contribute back into society. And you do that when people when there's opportunities for jobs. And the reason America is such an ex- exceptional place is because it, it American exceptionalism is because it was and is the exception. And and the reason we are the wealthiest society in all of human history by far is because the founders understood uh, that we would embrace freedom. And, and so every time the government takes money from you, it is essentially moving you away from freedom because someone who works for, for nothing or someone who gives all their money is, is actually enslaved by the government. And so the more money that's out away from the government, the more innovations occur and, and by the way innovations in healthcare i mean innovations save lives they make our lives better well do you so think government do, do you think he will come in and do you think he's going to cut we, we really need somebody to cut this is just there's no accountability in government there's just too fat they're fat and happy and they get their hands in the back pocket of every business person and you know what this country was founded on what capitalism yes yeah, capitalism is, is interesting because the Democrats have turned it into a dirty word, and I actually cringe yeah. when I hear crony capitalism because there's crony capitalism is an oxymoron. It doesn't actually make sense. Um, capitalism is what has made this country wealthy, prosperous. We have the we have the best standard of living in in all the world, and it's because people have the freedom to pursue. See, the government uh, in, the, in our birth certificate says right there that. You know, we have certain inalienable rights, and they include uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. See, life was first because if, if without life you, you can't be free, you know, it's no good. Free dead people can't be free. So, life, liberty, and then the pursuit of happiness. You cannot pursue happiness unless you are free. Well, and you so know, it was in, it was, 
if, if, there, if there's a demonic force, what does the demonic force do? First of all, you affect uh, the uh, the hand that rocks the cradle, and if you can't get there, what do you do? It's the professors and the teachers. They're all profound, extreme liberals. And, you know, they need to be teaching American history and the backbone that a guy like uh, Mr. Adams, the second, pre- second president of the United States, had. Right. Well, I'll tell you, there's a huge movement for uh, Senator Cruz that I'm seeing, Tyler, at the college student level. They're craving conservative principles, and they're craving that classical liberalism that Ted Cruz brings to the table. Very Jeffersonian, uh, you know, mm. going, believing in our Constitution and our yes. Declaration of Independence. Yes. I like that. I, I found a, con- a big, a, another big contrast with Cruz and Trump. And uh, can you can you explain to us the? Uh, the health care contrast, because I was hearing that Trump is actually for a, like a universal health care system, very much like what Hillary and Bernie Sanders want. Well, that's right. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, in the beginning of his campaign, he hasn't mentioned it much since, but he was very clear that the government should pay for health care, which is actually truly shocking because Donald Trump is a very successful businessman, and, and he should know that to get the best products and services and innovations in any marketplace, the only place where the only the only place where um, the market is is clearly distorted really is in two places. It's, it's in it's in the military or it's in it's in defense spending, and I won't get into the reasons why that is, but it is because the government controls it. And the other is healthcare because government controls it. And the problem when government controls healthcare and controls costs and, and, and dictates what premiums should be, there's only two ways to go. You can raise prices or decrease services. Decreased services in health care uh, put people's lives at risk. And what you really want is the opposite. You want market forces that create downward pressure in the system so that people have information, they know how much things cost, and they have choice so they know which doctors and hospitals are better than the others, and so they can take their dollars to go to the health care service providers they feel are the best. And That's what right. happens in a competitive marketplace is doctors and healthcare providers say, gee, you know, that hospital down the street, they're not making people sick. You know, that people come out of there alive. They, they, you know, they're, they're not dying over there, and they, they do all these heart transplants, and they all seem to be successful. And, and if customers have that information, they'll say, I, I'd like to go to the hospital that actually has successful heart transplants and not the one that kills people. Sure, right. no sure. Now, Rick, Rick, we're about out of time. This is Red Palmer, the mayor of the Airways. Uh, one final thing I want to ask you. You get to work with Mr. Ted Cruz every day. Can you tell yeah. us, because, you know, we can talk about facts and figures till we're blue in the face, but sure. the truth is about the American people, and I am a regular American guy, uh, I, I'm, my vote's going to get my heart over the fence and my body and my wallet and my vote's going to follow. What do you know about Ted Cruz? that gets you excited, that will, uh, will, will get my, my family excited about voting for Ted Cruz? Well, I know this. Ted Cruz <clears throat> loves his God, he loves his country, he loves his family, he loves his wonderful two daughters. And the thing about and Ted Cruz that I so much enjoy is, one, he is incredibly smart, gifted. He cares about and will defend the Constitution, has done that all his life. But he's actually a heck of a lot of fun to be around. He is very funny. He's got a terrific sense of humor. He's always looking for a way to make us laugh. And we just have a great time. Oh, that's a sign. I, that's a sign to levity. When I, you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, Senior Bush, and i got to tell you something. Uh, I think a sense of humor is a, is a telltale sign of a deeper intellect, don't you? 
it, I think it's essential. I don't know how you survive without having yeah. a sense of humor because some of the things in politics you see on a day-to-day basis, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, All right. Uh, listen, Rick Tyler, we got 30 seconds. Because we're going to be broken off automatically for the news. I want to thank you very much for coming on our you. broadcast. Joseph, thanks for putting this together for us. No problem. Hey, it's a pleasure. Have TedCruz.org, please. Yeah, yes. what is it? What is it again? Tell us to TedCruz.org. All right, and today's broadcast is brought to you in part by Joseph's Light Cookies, available at Dollar Tree and Dollar Stores everywhere. This is the mayor of the airways. We'll be right back on the other side of the news. Thank you, Rick Tyler, for spending time with us today. Thank you.